Hello, we're the Sticky Bum Boys. I'm David. And I most certainly am not. Welcome back to the podcast. We're continuing our dive into series two of The Great British Bake Off, and this week it's all about biscuits. It's also the halfway point again of the series, because these series are short. Short like shortbread. No, oh, David, nice try, but I think we're all out of biscuit puns by this point. It's been, what, 40 episodes? Oh, snap. I guess that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Behave, David, behave. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Well, Michael, people might be thinking it's sounding a bit different this week. It sounds like we're inside tins, doesn't it, slightly? And I've got very warm ears because of these headphones. We're oh, actually sure. doing it. I, was, I, was, I wasn't sure why you had warm ears. <laughs> I've got really warm ears. It's a double whammy today. Basically, Michael is ill. I'm sick and I'm really bad at being sick because I just want to complain all the time, which is going to be a great episode for you all to listen to. <laughs> and basically, I don't want to be sick, so I refuse to come round to Michael's house to record the podcast. <laughs> so we're doing it over Zoom. Like in COVID times, we're doing it over Zoom, which is quite strange. Did you ever do it over Zoom, David? Uh, no, I didn't. Did you, Michael? I've never done it over Zoom, but there were people who did it over Zoom quite a lot, I believe. I can imagine. I mean, but you were single when it was the pandemic and Zoom days. Yeah, but it's just a wank, isn't it, really? Yeah. At that point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, did you do any, uh, no, nothing? Alex is definitely trying to avert his eyes from the computer. <laughs> I'm always a bit worried with Zoom and things because I just think that you don't you don't know when things are being recorded. Like I'm the kind of person that I'll put like a little sticker of my microphone when I'm not using it. When I was younger, I used to have a picture of a football team on my bedroom wall. Because you liked football. You know me. I love the way they they kick that ball into the net sometimes. <laughs> that's what they do isn't it yeah no we had our team was bradford our team was when i lived in, in yorkshire in ilkley more bartat for the american listeners the place is called ilkley and that is a song which you will only get if you were brought up in the generic area of yorkshire circa i don't know 19th century <laughs> <laughs> but i had a picture of this football team and i used to stick blue tack on their eyes on all of the team's eyes <laughs> because I didn't, I didn't want to be watched by them. And so, like, on my wall was this picture of, oh, how many is in the football team? I'm going to say, like, 12. Well, there's, a, there's 11 that play, but there's more for the whole team. Every single one of them had two little bits of blue tack for their eyes so that they weren't watching me. <laughs> anyway, basically, this is Biscuit Week. The main thing that Alex gets to cut out is Michael's coughing, because, unfortunately, yes. we're so funny, and every time Michael laughs, he coughs. <laughs> and it has taken us about 30 minutes to get set up with the microphone, because I don't know how to use computers. Correct. But we did manage to fix that, which is quite impressive. When you yeah. did my podcast, Mankind, you had to end up doing it on your phone, because you couldn't work out anything else. Yeah, I like the way you said we. I was included in the fixing. <laughs> anyway, Biscuit Week. So, it's quite strange, isn't it? Because now we're so used to Biscuit Week being week two. Now, we're like well in and having Biscuit Week. We are at week four, which I don't think I mind that. I don't know why we have to do set episodes to be separate things. Because then there was a year before ours when the first week was, oh, what was it? It was something else. It was Oh, they didn't do cake, did they? They did biscuits and then cake and then everyone was in uproar. And I was like, it doesn't matter, does it? No, people love traditions. Do you know what? When I hear the theme tune now for Bake Off, like people always ask me when I have like interviews and things, they're always like, oh, does it give you dread? It's like, no, when I hear the theme tune now, I just picture me and you doing that dance that we did for TikTok. 
Well, that was really good. We were really good at that. Do you know what? I thought we were. And then I went back and watched the original that you'd show me. We, we weren't that good, Michael. No, but then I did watch a video that Lizzie did it, to counter your point. Lizzie did it with Maggie and Freya, and they're appalling. So, like, on the scale of things, we're in the middle. In fact, we should actually put that on our OnlyFans so they can see it. I mean, it could go everywhere, to be honest. It's already on the internet, but sure. Go and, go and scroll and find it, people. Go anyway, scroll. so the signature. Signature for Biscuit Week was 12 biscuits... What? That's all I've written. <laughs> oh, no. Because the next bit is just a bit that I was going to say. Oh, no. I thought I'd done really well this time. It's 12 biscuits. I was so excited then. <sighs> because I knew it was going to happen. Because there was an excited look in your eyes. And then I watched the light leave <laughs> your eyes. Oh. It's because I got too into the, like, the next bit. Because then I actually then started writing about how I get annoyed how they always have to define a biscuit. It's like, just stop trying to find a biscuit. They're always saying, oh, it can't be too hard. It can't be too crumbly. There's so many different types of biscuits. They can snap. They don't have to snap. Oh, okay. Hang on. I don't think I agree with that. Number one, I think they're doing this because Americans get confused about cookies because they call biscuits and cookies cookies, but we call biscuits biscuits and cookies cookies. No, but back then they didn't think about the American audience. Well, no. Judging by some of these episodes, they weren't thinking about any audience. <laughs> I would say a biscuit does need to snap or crumble. A snap or a crumble. See, you know, I quite, I'm happy for a chewy one that's very soft. But that's a cookie. Yeah, but they all, when they're talking about biscuit weeks, I mean, they add everything into biscuit week. They add scones sometimes. So like when it comes under the umbrella term of biscuit, there's so many different things. You can't think, say it can't be too crumbly. Well, no, it depends. I think the umbrella term is biscuit, and then beneath biscuit, there are types of biscuit. Yeah, but I think they're trying to always define the umbrella term biscuit. And I just don't like it because I think there's a lots of different types of biscuit. I also think they don't fully know what things are. I mean, they spent the entire showstopper calling a macaron a macaroon. Oh, I mean, the whole way through. The Talk whole about not way knowing through. what things are. Can you please tell me what actually the signature was, apart from 12 biscuits? <laughs> it was 12 biscuits in one and a half hours, the end. That was it. Oh, okay, because it's a signature. It's a signature. So it's literally just make some biscuits. And by the way, I was thinking about this yesterday. Why doesn't that happen anymore? Like now, if you were to say make 12 biscuits, yes, you might get a broader variety. So it's kind of harder to judge between them or whatever. But everyone's going to push themselves a lot harder now because it's a later series, all these kinds of things. There's no reason why they can't just go back to these very nuts and bolts basics. Every year, there's an interview with Paul and Prue, and they always say, oh, we're going back to basics this year. And then they don't. Like, they ask you for a, a triple-layered meringue biscuit with four tempered chocolate layers in 20 minutes, reminding you of your dead man. Like, that's not that's not what this was. And this was so good because you got so much variety from all these different bakers. And yeah, I just feel like we're missing that now. I kind of agree because... The judging isn't that serious, let's be honest. Because so, no. I know it is quite easier to judge, but then the technical is all about everything being the same thing they've got to judge. Yeah. I quite like the idea, like you say, because also when you're having to do this really complex signature anyway, and then you kind of have to put your stamp on it, you end up making things up and just pretending that you've got an angle. Whereas this way, if you just say, it's my grandma's biscuits, that's yeah. it. Talking about grandma's biscuits, that was Ben. <laughs> ben decided to make ginger nuts. I wasn't sure that was going to go one or two ways, and I'm glad it went the way it went with you. <laughs> <laughs> All I wrote down about his nuts was that they were very gingery. Yeah, he put like 17 different types of ginger in the biscuit or something. A ginger nut is a very typical British biscuit, and they looked quite a lot like a ginger nut. Paul said it was burning on his tongue, which he should probably get checked out. Oh, he should definitely. Any mm. kind of burning. Um, yeah, so we're going straight. I was going to say we're going straight into judging, and you already have. There was a few of them that were a bit burnt, weren't they? And he was specifically saying he didn't want to get the burnt edges, and he got them. You just cut them off. See, if you've got like a. If, when a biscuit comes out of the oven, and if like one side of the circle's caught, just get a slightly smaller cookie cutter. And while it's warm, just like cut out a new circle and get rid of the burnt bit. Sorted. Yeah, and just do it for all of them. So then they're all going to look the same as well. Well done. All well look, done look at that. Isn't that good? Also, actually, a top tip on cookies, which are the ones that kind of spread a bit more kind of haphazardly, get a, like a even like a bowl that's bigger than that circle and just put the bowl on top of it and kind of like sugar it round. And it'll basically just like tame the edges and make it circular. Oh, even when I'm sick, I'm saving the world. <laughs> yeah, for with cookie presentation. Or... If you're just at home, just eat them when they're a slightly wonky shape. But yeah, if you yeah, want to present matter. them to your colleagues at work. Um, anyway, everyone's favourite, 
mainly Michael's favorite, Rob. Yeah. Um, he was making, what was he making? He was making biscuits. I just, the thing that I found He was, was making Rob, biscuits. Well done, David. He was making biscuits. Good job. Were they called reject biscuits? Is that what he called them? Honestly, I found it hard to pay attention to what he's talking about when he's baking. Well, I think they were called reject biscuits, or I've just titled them reject biscuits. Uh, but I find it with Rob because Robert struggles with time, but then it often shows him, this time it showed him chopping up candied peel really small and doing each piece of peel at a time that's wasting a lot of time but then if he didn't paul would complain about that but he could like stack them together and just do them all at once he was literally holding each bit of peel can you back off please can you back (laughs) off well do you know what it's okay because they were scrummy that word gives me like a severe ick i'm the same when someone says that word it doesn't make something sound delicious it makes it sound weird no and scrumptious as well i don't like that either Oh, I, I don't mind that as much. I think scrummy is... no. Scrummy must come from scrumptious. Scrummy is like the cool version of scrumptious. But scrummy to me sounds like grubby. It's like one of those words. It's not... It doesn't... Yeah. I think it sounds like cummy to me. <laughs> and you don't like that? Well, this just feels weird coming out of Mary's mouth, but each to their own. I mean, there's a lot come out of Mary's mouth. In fact, Mary or Paul said Plenty's they'd like a bit... has gone in, hasn't it? <laughs> they said they'd like a bit more of a crack on top for rob yeah he'd rather crack on top but um he was reasonably happy with them yeah but they weren't very consistent overall they were chewy chocolate and ginger oaty biscuits which sounded nice i thought yeah i mean just about all the biscuits this week sounded nice um marianne titled sausage fingers does dainty um she (laughs) was doing they called them melting moments i know them as viennese swirls so i think she was aiming for the appearance of melting moments so she wasn't actually making melting moments does that make sense? Oh, okay. I mean, she confused me quite a lot because at one point she said, these are everyday biscuits because you just open your cupboard and use what you need. It's like, well, that depends on what you've got in your cupboard, Marianne. And <laughs> biscuits, I mean, you're not going to have butter in your cupboard, probably. No, it was a bit strange. She also said she was making Depression-era buttercream, which I would say was what I made every week in the tent. <laughs> um... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But like her buttercream included like a flour and milk being mixed together like a roux. Yeah, I mean, that's what you do that if you haven't got enough nice ingredients. But for Bake Off, you just tell them what to buy and they have to buy it. I was asking for like the most expensive chocolate, even though I didn't know what it was. And mm. like you, I was saying like, oh, can you get me this special butter with whatever? Like, don't do depression near a buttercream, Marianne. No, she doesn't like to do things kind of normal, does she? She likes to kind of push the boat out, try something different. Talking of different, she put a stripe of food colouring into the piping bag when she piped her biscuits, which looked gorgeous. And Mary said, quote, I would never have thought of putting colour into a biscuit. And I thought, really, Mary? Wow, Mary, she needs to get out more, doesn't she? But genuinely, though, like, is that because it's the olden times? <laughs> You're right, actually, because gel food colourings haven't been around that long. Food colourings before were like those liquid ones that then changed the texture of everything. Yeah. And biscuits were always brown. I was kind of making a joke of it, but perhaps it is genuinely that she couldn't, they weren't doing that really at the time. Because nowadays, painting a stripe of food colouring down the inside of a, food, of a piping bag and then piping something is kind of expected. Yeah, and Mary is very, very old, so she probably <laughs> has never heard of it before. Mary did say they were pretty and the filling is good. Oh, very nice. So now we're on to Yasmin, who did biscotti. Yes, Mary wanted more nuts. That's all I wrote there. Yeah, they seem to say that because they had a nice texture. I thought it was a bit hard because Paul basically said it should be rammed with nuts. Like He likes a lot of filling, wants it ramming in. And yeah, I think sometimes a bit of sparse nuts and chocolate is okay. I quite Especially like the... in biscotti, you don't want it to be that nutty, do you? No, I quite like the biscotti bit. I don't want to have that my whole mouth full of nuts. That's not what I've heard. But um, I wouldn't have made biscotti either because you have to make, you have to bake it twice and who can be asked? You've only got an hour and a half. Yeah, they had a short amount of time. Um, Holly made strawberry and custard melts, which sounded delicious. Uh, it was basically melting moments again or any swells. She lost the definition a bit. She said it was going to be a one mouthful delight, which we've all had before, haven't we? Joe was making lavender biscuits, but they were green. Go home, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) They were definitely (laughs) the worst out there. Green lavender biscuits. Oh, I couldn't work out whether they were meant to be green. And they didn't even, they were just cut out and then she just put a bit. It's as if she couldn't be bothered this week with that signature because then she just put a tiny bit of chocolate on. However, what did happen with Joe this week for the first time ever on Bake Off was we got a tray flap. Yes, so we did. So we have now learned that Joe was the originator of the iconic 
Bake Off tray flap, which does absolutely fucking nothing, but it makes <laughs> you feel like you're doing something. We've all done it, yeah. Who else was there? Oh, Janet. Janet Janet made Christmas biscuits, which were obviously my favourite because there was marzipan. There was I marzipan loved the look it. of these and want to eat them all. But there was an issue with the centres, which Janet said. She said, because there's no room for it when it expands, it just comes out of the top. <laughs> That's normal, <laughs> Janet. <laughs> Stop describing a normal process. Jason was making Lebkuchen biscuits, the German biscuits. I love these, but these usually take quite a long time and he didn't have a lot of time to do it. Yeah, he didn't do very well, did he? I think they had to make them. Didn't they make them either last year or year before? I feel like they had to make a German biscuit in the challenge, didn't they, recently? There was a German German recipe, probably. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't do very well there. To be honest, I didn't leave that challenge thinking he wanted to eat really any of them. I probably would have eaten Rob's or... Surprise, surprise. Uh, or Ben's, maybe? Oh, I think that's harsh because I thought Sausage Fingers does Dainty was good and Holly's. I love biscotti. I liked Rob's with the oats. I liked Ben's ginger nut. The only one I didn't really like was Joe's lavender biscuits. It was actually a very calm and chilled one and it wasn't that interesting, but it was... Well, talking of interesting, did you listen to BB? Did you watch the BB? Oh, no, sorry. Biscuits used to be diet food but it was a biscuit with, no- with nothing nice in it. Oh. There you are. I've just saved you five minutes of your time. That was so... It was so... Du- Honestly, these boring bits are getting worse. But I sometimes listen to them. I don't think I listened to any for this episode. Sorry, you're going to have to... You did it all for us. Oh, it was boring. So, on to the technical. We had 24 brandy snaps in 1.5 hours. Do you like brandy snaps, Michael? I love a brandy snap, but I don't like it oh. when they taste burnt. They have to be, like, just the right side. I don't like them. They're too crunchy and sugary. Like, I don't I don't know there's something about them. Why are they called a brandy snap? Because it's not always brandy. No, they do snap, though. I've got no idea. I did enjoy watching them all lube up their spoon handles. Did you see that? There was, like, a lot of shots of that. The editor was showing a lot of that, weren't they? A lot of luby spoons. A lot of luby spoons there. I thought, because that is, like, a quintessential difficult technical. Because for brandy snaps... It's one of those ones that if you're used to doing them anyway, if you make them a lot, even if you're used to that, you're used to your own oven and your own baking trays and things like that. It's quite a lot of things can go wrong in terms of like the right texture and things. They all did pretty well apart from Joe. I've never made them before. Oh, never? It's not something that kind of like doesn't interest me. I don't want to burn my fingers, really. And there's no way of making them without burning your fingers. They never interested me, but my gran used to like making them, so I made them with her. But we didn't do the rolled ones. We did them where you put them over like a little dish so it makes like little baskets. Oh, right, yeah. And you don't really burn your fingers with that as much. You can make them look like Pringles as well if you kind of just lean them on a looped up rolling pin, which you should only use for that purpose. Yes. But Joe, yeah, Joe had a nightmare. Her oven was on defrost, bless her. Yeah, most people who have been on Bake Off at some point have had an issue with the oven. I mean, often you notice and you get to change it, but she had done quite a few batches before she realised it was on defrost. <laughs> God bless. And they looked oh. so horrible because it was quite a good one though because we didn't know straight away. Sometimes they kind of like show with the camera, like, oh, we can see that the oven's not on. Whereas this one, you were just left thinking, what has she done? How has she got this so wrong? It did seem, when they were showing them squidging all the, whether in, um, oh, what do you call it when you're sticking the cream in? What does, what would Prue call it? Piping? Piping, yeah. When you were piping the cream, like, deep inside, with all the little holes, it all started squeezing through. If you had, like, trypophobia or something. Is it trypophobia? Mm, trypophobia? It is trypophobia, yeah. That would be very, very triggering. I didn't Or like erotic, that. depending. Oh, yeah, it could be. But on piping, apparently Jason's not very confident with piping, he says. Well, he's very young, isn't he? <laughs> well, you never know. Yeah. Not one to judge. Um, in the, <laughs> talking of judging, in the judging, Ben's were too thick, Rob's was too small, and Janet was too inconsistent. And that was basically all they said. For some reason, I normally just write down who comes last, and then I write the top three. For this one, I've written them all. Oh, so good So the for you. bottom of the pack, the proper bottom this week, was Joe... Then it was Rob, then it was Yasmin, then it was Ben, then it was Janet, then it was Holly, then it was Marianne, and then it was Jason at the top. He was very cute, bless him. He was very excited, wasn't he? Oh, he had a lovely little laugh. So he went Mm. from zero, because he probably was zero in the signature. He went from zero to hero. He did indeed. Joe, bless her though, she was so gutted after that challenge. And like, I felt like I could really relate to that. I think this is the first time we've seen someone like just so gutted with what they've done in the tent. In season one, there wasn't the same kind of emotional stakes with the bakes, whereas Joe, I think, really wants to prove herself. And it was quite gutting to watch her so upset. Do you know what? In a weird way, I actually liked Joe more because of it. Because so far, I felt Joe has been a bit kind of 
like she's been performing for the camera a bit, like trying to say, everything's fine, everything's fine with a smile on her face. And this time you really could see she didn't try to hide the fact that she was gutted, probably because she probably makes Brandy snaps really, like really well normally. Mm. And hers were terrible. The next day, we're on to the showstopper. And for the showstopper, this was quite an intense showstopper. They had to make macaroons. There's only one O. It's a macaron. They had to make a macaron display. Are we going to say macaroons like they did through the whole episode? Or are we allowed to say macaron? Honestly, I've written, let me just count. One, two, three, four, five, six. I've written nine times in bold capital letters, stop saying macaroons. (laughs) It was absolutely infuriating. Are we wrong? No, we've said this before. A macaroon traditionally is a chewy, coconutty kind of biscuit that we have in the UK. A macaron is the French, very, very pretty delicate with a soft shell made with almond flour or ground almonds. So yeah, we're right. The French would never say macaroon. Try and say macaroon with a French accent. Macaroon. Macaroon. No, they Doesn't wouldn't work. say macaron. They, would, they yeah. would never. So it was, they had to make 120 macarons. They had to do a display, but there had to be 120 because they obviously get sandwiched together. And they had to have three different flavours and they had five hours. What do you think of that? I think it's a good challenge. Because that is tight for time. Because five hours sounds like a long time, but macarons have a very specific, well, not all of them knew this, but they have a very specific process. You have to have the kind of, the skin. You've got to go through all of these bits to get them and right. they've got to rest for 30 minutes. Each batch will have had to rest for 30 minutes. And a batch is what? So 120 by three is 40. So they've got to pipe 40, which will be across maybe two or three trays. So that's pipe three trays worth of biscuits. Let them rest for 30 minutes before. It's like a timing logistical challenge as well. Like, I thought it was brilliant. Holly was really smart because she just made chocolate macarons and changed the fillings. Yes, that is a good idea. Now, here's a very important question. Everyone who's listened to this wants to know this, Michael. Do you go French or do you go Italian? I've always been an Italian boy, but I feel like there's a third option they haven't been thinking about, which is anal. No, Swiss. (laughs) (laughs) They were saying the only things you could do is French and Italian. And I was like, you're missing out an entire culture here. Yeah. Is it actually a culture? Do these come from those places? I don't know, actually. Maybe it's just one person from those places. Sure. What do you do? I'm Italian as well. I can't imagine doing it. French seems to have so much more jeopardy to it. Mm. Italian has so much more structure and you're less likely to have things go wrong. And they keep on talking about Italian meringue being like in this program, they were saying it was intensely difficult. It's mm. actually not. It's so much easier. Yeah, once you've done it a couple of times, you do have to, with Italian meringue, there is the time element of it continuing to mix until it cools. Yeah. But even then, it doesn't have to be like absolutely freezing cold. It just needs to be room temperature. It doesn't need to be anything. And that doesn't take that long. So in case you haven't said it before, or in case you're new, or in case you just weren't listening the first time we said it, French is when you just whisk up your egg whites and add the sugar in. Italian is when you add boiling sugar syrup to your egg whites to make the meringue. And Swiss is when you, it's kind of a half and half, you put all the sugar into the egg whites and warm that up until it dissolves and then beat it. So basically the Italian and the Swiss methods result in a much more stable meringue it's kind of already been once cooked whereas the french is less stable because it's not already being cooked which means the proteins in the egg white can dissolve and collapse a lot more easily which is why it's a bit more risky but that said alice swears by the french meringue method like that's that's how she makes her macarons yeah but if we remember our final her macarons didn't go down too well but also she won Star Baker in Biscuit Week with her macarons. And when did you win Star Baker, David? Oh, yeah. <laughs> she did the sheep, didn't she? I forgot she did. She won she with did the, the sheep. sheep. Yeah. Also, what's that? Do you know that song that goes like, Shakaron? Do you know that one? Yes. Yeah. Shakaron. Yeah. Then it's got some music. That's what I think of when I say macarons. Macaron, macaron, macaron. No? Let me see if I can find I, it. I mean, not, I'd not thought about it before. I know exactly the, the song. Here it is. Oh, yeah. He actually says macaron. He doesn't even say chacaron. No, he does. He just says macaron. Hang on. Let's listen to some more. This is research we're doing now. This is research. (laughs) I love that he actually says macaron at the beginning. At the start, he said macaron. Right, that's the Uh, new song. In case anyone was interested, uh, that is El Chombo singing chacaron. (laughs) And now every single person, when they watch Bake Off and there's a macaron on it, they're going to think of that song. Macaron. Macaron. Anyway, let's get on to some flavours and things. So some people really, really, really struggled with this. They obviously, back then, maybe macarons, because now macarons are kind of known as a thing. Like, you don't go on Bake Off without knowing how to... Like, I don't make them very often, but I've made them so I know to go onto the programme. These people, Ben, 
Oh dear. He was doing chocolate and almond, raspberry and pine nut, and pistachio. I didn't really understand the pine nut thing, why he felt he had to grind up pine nuts, which are very greasy. I think it's perhaps because it's basil and almond flour, isn't it? And like a very easy thing to therefore do for anything that's got an almond base is to switch out almond for another nut. And then you kind of feel like you're doing something more fancy. But a pine nut, like you say, is kind of more oily, greasy vibes than anything else. Yeah, because you can do that. I've done it with pistachios because of for the colour. You don't it doesn't even taste that difference. And I've done it with hazelnuts and you get a really hazelnutty taste. But pine nuts don't really taste of anything, really. No, unless you roast them, they taste quite pesto-y. Yeah, not the best. I mean, with and also he was going, he was pairing it with a very raspberry is a very strong, bold flavor. Yeah, it was never but... going to work. And also the voiceover said while they were looking at Ben that the Italian method doesn't need resting, which is completely not true. The, yes, it does. It's not about the stability of the meringue; it's about getting the skin. Yeah, exactly. So there was, there was a whole lot going on with this challenge, but yeah, he didn't do very well. When it came to judging, he had, he had they were all attached into like a weird tree. <laughs> Oh, yeah. He was so proud of that as well. Yeah, there's some things you shouldn't be proud of, I think, in this world. <laughs> I mean, he wouldn't be proud for long. He was quite upset, wasn't he? Mary said he had a great big hole, which for some people would be pleased with. Paul went disaster. Um, Paul likes a smaller hole, apparently. He does. Rob was doing strawberry and lime, lemon and chocolate and cardamom. Chocolate and cardamom. Is that going to be your wedding? Your wedding cake is going to be just a macaron display of chocolate and cardamom apparently not because he put so much cardamom in it that it tasted like a medicinal it didn't taste very good did it yes but we know that's not true because if you haven't had something like cardamom before like the first time i had cardamom i remember thinking wow this is intense and then i built up my tolerance and i love it and like i have oodles and cakes so Mm. i think rob probably put the amount of cardamom that we like in you focus on that mom every time you say that word Kind of mom, kind of mom, kind of mom, kind of mom, kind of mom. I thought this, the flavor of strawberry and lime sounded delicious. Like that in a macaron would have been stunning. And his were very neat and shiny. Mm. He, has, he had a neat and shiny top. And they were French. Oh, they were French. Yeah. You love a French top. I'm glad you put all that down because I didn't because I was struggling. I haven't written that many notes because I was struggling to, I was determined to write down all the flavors for every person. So Marianne, she did blackcurrant and mint, gooseberry and elderflower, and hazelnut. I loved the sound of all of these. Gooseberry and elderflower sounds amazing. Yeah, and hazelnut. Just You don't always have to have ones that have like multiple things. Hazelnut, you want the hazelnut to sing. My problem is that I always put three flavors into anything. Like it's always this, that, and something else. I don't know what it is, but I'm desperate to put three into everything. But as long as they don't fight each other, that is okay as well. And that's normally like a a hero flavor like a like a chocolate or like a a fruit yeah like a prune um, and then like a zest and a spice yeah normally literally that's always michael's recipes anyway marianne i did find that when she was filling hers she kind of went right to the wire but she was kind of spooning she got like a spoon and was just scraping the stuff in mm. like get it in a piping bag and it goes quicker as well you just have to do a little quick squiggle i want her to clear her throat is the main piece of feedback <laughs> from this challenge <laughs> I felt like she was talking like this quite a lot. And I was just like, just, <clears throat> there you go, you'll be fine. I've noticed that I actually find that really difficult when people do that. And when people are doing it, I go <clears throat> myself because I feel like <laughs> I've got to do it. Yeah. Anyway, she gave one of the best quotes ever from this series, which she said, the train is coming and I'm just going to let it hit me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Didn't get stressed, just hit me. It's very, very like live, laugh, toaster bath vibes, isn't it? Like it's, <laughs> you've had yeah. enough now. Yeah. <laughs> In the judging, she was a bit wet and soft. She looks a bit wet and soft. Mary said too wet. Oh. And I would ask, is there such a thing? Yeah, because surely dripping's good. Uh, but they did say she was delicious. She? They, 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 they did say they were delicious. What Which happened they, there? They did sound like, like it. I feel like you just glitched. Do you want to try again? <laughs> I did just... <laughs> They did say that they were delicious, which they did sound delicious. All the flavors were nice. On to Yasmin. Yasmin did lime and chocolate, classic. Coffee and walnut, brilliant. And coconut and pineapple. Yes, please, mm. Yasmin. Yeah, so good. Although she was doing the French method, but she didn't knock the air out of them. She didn't rest them. She basically just stirred them, then put them onto the onto the <laughs> piping mat. And then when they came out, they looked like caterpillars. 
And then she said, the French have a lot to answer for. I don't think it's the French's fault, Yasmin. You've literally butchered their recipe. <laughs> she did really, bless her heart, she did really badly in, in this challenge. It just felt like she hadn't had time to practice them properly because if she'd done this at home, it also wouldn't have worked there. Yeah, it seems like she hadn't researched the recipe and like why you do different stages and it felt like maybe she didn't do any practice that week. But, but that said, like, you're old, you'll know. Was the internet <clears throat> around at this time? Yes. But like, was what? it as full? No, it wouldn't have been as full. <laughs> wouldn't have been as full. <laughs> no. Like, so she was to Google, or maybe she was Googling macaroons and that was the problem because you don't have yes. to rest or knock her out of macaroons. So she should have won. She was making macaroons. <laughs> she was making macaroons. She just forgot to put coconut in. Uh, she actually didn't do too bad in the judging though. They, they actually still quite liked them, even though they looked a bit of a mess. No, she was so, so upset. And I thought... Mel really kind of came into her own there. It was lovely seeing that from Mel. Because Mel didn't do that thing where she's like, oh, you know, it's fine. Because it very clearly wasn't fine. Yeah. Um, she just did some nice comforting and things. And um, and actually the judges were quite nice to her in the end, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, they, they actually said they weren't that bad. They tasted very nice. Um, with that one, because Mary was talking about the fact that you do need to have a shiny top. So do you like a smooth, shiny top, Michael? Do you know what? I don't need it to be shiny. And I'm not necessarily bothered by the smoothness either, really. Like, you just I, like any I've top, a, don't you? You like any top. <laughs> any top I can get, to be honest, at this point. But, like, I've previously had a grainy top. <laughs> and that's just because I didn't do enough mixing. <laughs> <laughs> it was because my lumps were too big. And so, like, of the, of the flour. Of the, I'm sick. You can't make fun of me. <laughs> the, uh, the, the almond flour. I wasn't using almond flour. I was using ground almonds. And I hadn't, like sieved them i also hadn't like overground them so when i mixed it in it was a grainy top but it still tasted nice all tops taste the same when you put them in your mouth there you go that's what i would say <laughs> there we go moving swiftly on to holly she was doing <laughs> caramel she was doing mint chocolate and chocolate orange she was basically doing ones that she said were based around chocolate bars i have to say out of all the ones i liked the idea of like doing your favorite chocolate bars but i just thought her sounded a bit boring but like you see maybe it's because she did chocolate macarons they looked brilliant chocolate macarons with different fillings i thought it was a good idea like do a caramel filling a mint filling and a chocolate orange filling 10 out of 10 and didn't criticize her for it at all no she aced it did you hear mary say um i saw you giving a very professional bang <laughs> No. What do you think a professional bang looks like, David? Well, Holly, obviously. <laughs> and she also went behind the sunburst and got her own tray again. Like Did last she? Year. Yeah. So they're still letting them do that into the second they're series? They're still allowed into the, into the back tent. Oh, dear. Yeah, Holly's basically perfect at this stage, isn't she? So let's go past Holly. Mary said about Holly, a little bit thin, but overall, a very nice size. <laughs> Good. <laughs> uh, Janet did raspberry. Blackcurrant and almond. I love the kind of the marzipani flavours. So to me again, Janet's won. Janet's won this week. I just wrote down big hole gooey centre. Big that's hole gooey centre. That's oh. all I wrote down. I didn't literally even didn't even write her flavours. I just wrote the word big hole Janet hyphen <laughs> big hole gooey centre. That should be like your new. Is that what is that what your Tinder bio was back in the day? Big hole gooey centre. Janet can keep that Tinder bio. <laughs> Joe definitely redeemed herself. She did. I mean, she was a, she did brilliantly classic. She did single flavors with blueberry, coconut, and strawberry. All sounded good, but she aced them. They were very well made, very well baked. She knew what she was doing. They looked like they could have come from a pastry shop. I thought. Yeah, a pastry shop that makes macarons and not just pastry. They did look very, a very good. Patisserie shop. Yeah, patisserie. And Jason went for cocktails. He had mojito, cranberry cooler, and a pina colada. What's a cranberry cooler? Is it just cranberry and something? Vodka? Oh, yeah. Maybe that's for people who've got UTIs, but they're going out. Um. They loved Jason's, though. They looked good. They said they taste amazing. He had his cute little smiles. He was very happy with himself. Mm. And when it came down to it, they were struggling to decide... Who was the best smooth? Are you shiny just gonna top? ignore ignore the boo the the booby the booby? I really said there. I meant to say BB, but booby. Oh came out. yeah, because I don't watch. Yeah, because the BB this time didn't it come just before the judging? It came before the judging because it was about funerals. Because I wanted to bring the mood down. Apparently, so <laughs> apparently Victorians used to be invited to funerals by being given a biscuit. And then I wrote, "Why did that happen?" And then they didn't tell us. But it just that that was a thing. The BBs are long enough. We don't want any more information. I didn't listen to any of them this week. I it was a bad, bad. booby. A bad booby. Yeah. Um, anyway, the smooth, shiny tops of the week were Holly and Jason. 
They both got that. it. Double A, double A. I thought it was justified, I thought. And Ben was the soggy bottom. I think Joe dodged a bullet here. Bring him <laughs> home. <laughs> yeah, send him home. <laughs> Last week was a double bottom, and this week's a double top. Which do you prefer, David? Uh, actually, I don't really mind, really. What do you think? I feel like generally... I want to be prepared for a double bottom emotionally, but I do not mind a double top coming out of the blue. I bet you don't. Right. <laughs> well, you asked. We should probably move on. Okay, fine. So this week's taste test is anonymous and it says Jaffa cakes are shit. They're just a cross between a stale biscuit and a cake. A timely complaint considering it's biscuit week, but you know the drill by now. Will it be jail for our anonymous Jaffa hater? <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Are your buns drying out? I beg your pardon? I mean, could your buns be kept stickier? The eternal question. I suppose the answer is yes. Well, I'm here to help. I thought you were married. Behave. If you'd like extra helpings of Sticky Bun Boys each and every week, all you have to do is join our OnlyFans. Each week, you get an ad-free version of our podcast, as well as bonus bits, including recipes and access to our own little community of soggy bottoms. And all it costs is the price of a coffee each month. Check us out at patreon.com forward stroke Sticky Bun Boys! Exclamation mark. My first question on this is, is a Jaffa cake a biscuit, considering it's got the word cake in its title? Yeah, basically a Jaffa cake is essentially like a rusk with this bit of orange jelly on top and then chocolate topping it. And it's called cake. And there's this ever ongoing debate in the UK. And I think it's as simple as the fact as they don't want to pay VAT. And I think you have to pay VAT once it becomes a cake or something. Is mm, that right? I think it changes. I don't think it's a biscuit. I think it's a cake. However... I love a Jaffa cake, me. I, and you can't stop with one. This person, Anonymous, good job they didn't give their name because they are definitely going straight to jail. I love Jaffa cakes. How do you eat your Jaffa cake? I was going to say, actually, it's one of those things as well where I don't even have a single way. Sometimes I like to put the whole thing in my mouth with the cake bit facing the top of my mouth so it sticks to my mouth and I just lick from side to side until all the chocolate's gone. Sometimes I like to do that little thing where you nibble all the chocolate off and try and peel the jelly bit. But usually I don't like that as much because the jelly bit on its own isn't very good. But I would quite like to have just the cakey bit sold on its own because that's my favourite bit. It sounds like you're using it for some kind of weird tongue aerobics, though. Yeah. 
got to practice. I, I think I, I peel. You got to practice. I peel. I peel. I'm a peel and separator. Do you know like Tullock's tea cakes? Do you know those? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Tullock's had them in America. It's like this kind of specifically soggy, rich tea digester biscuit, which is topped with marshmallow and encompassed. What's the word? Enrobed. Ooh, ooh. In some thin chocolate, and it is divine. And people eat it in lots of different ways. But my my preferred way is to bite a little bit of the chocolate off and then like lick out all of the marshmallow and then eat the biscuit soggily on its own. I mean, for people that don't have our only flans and just listen to this podcast, which is fine, you will have missed out on the fact that one time we were eating pizzas while doing one of the only flans things, I think. And we found out that Michael eats all of his toppings separately. He takes his toppings off his pizza. Hey, I take care of my tops. He takes care of his tops and gives them the due attention. (laughs) So I'm not surprised that you peel apart all your biscuits and your cakes and things. (laughs) Anyway, you do agree jail, surely. Oh, yeah, jail for them. Yeah, absolutely. They're on the run now because they haven't given their name. You can join them because the first message in our inbox is from Jay, who says it is David's turn to go to jail because he suggested people put something without a flare in their butts. As a fellow nurse, you should know better. So I think by flare, I don't think they mean like a festive kind of firework. <laughs> I think they mean like it should be sticking out at the bottom. It's not like pow. <laughs> yeah, don't put a flare into your butt. As a, as a fellow nurse, you definitely shouldn't be saying that, Jay. But if it's something that's really long and you've got a good handle on it, then it doesn't have to have a flare. But you see, the human anus can fit quite a lot up it. Yeah, but not the chair. You know when people talk about the chair leg? That's quite long. <laughs> that's quite... But that arguably a chair leg's got a flared base because it's got the seat at the top of the leg. <laughs> yeah. Well, we went through this before. I don't think the chair is attached to the chair leg. I think someone's like pulled the chair leg off. <laughs> It was just in your brain that the chair was still attached. <laughs> Do you often pull chair legs off, David? No, but I don't often stick things up my butt either. <laughs> That's not what I've heard. Uh, anyway, Jay said, It's true that as an ER nurse, a and for you Brits, that one of my favourite games to play is what's the craziest thing someone's put in their butt. However, the hospitals are crowded enough as it is. Remember, kids, if the base isn't flared, again, that means wide, not just like festive there's a good chance it will go in and you can't get it out and nobody at the hospital will believe you if you say you fell on it in case you forgot you suggested cucumbers do you think at the hospital anyone has ever believed no that really No, because it would be the chance of you falling onto something and it not just bouncing off a butt cheek or something it's not gonna slip in is it no you'd have to be quite loose for it to just (laughs) Well, because in general, even when you're trying to put things up your butt, you often need to manoeuvre and jiggle around yes, a bit. So it's you not do, you're yeah. not going to have fallen on it, are you? And, le- and like you say, unless you're Janet and you've got a really wide, soggy hole or whatever it was, <laughs> then it's not going to... You need, Yeah, you're not going to fall on it. Cool. Well, on to the next question then. Uh, this comes from Chloe. Chloe says, I've got a quick dating horror story for you. I'd gone back to a boy's house after a night out and we were both pretty long gone. We were fooling around and he couldn't quite find where he was looking for, if you know what I mean. Well, we were just talking about how it can be quite hard to find. Oh no, Chloe's a female name, so maybe maybe it's easier. <laughs> we wouldn't know. <laughs> we wouldn't know. Well, it might not be. He ended up using the crease between my thigh and my calf when my knee was bent. Um... And then, and hang on, and then he gave me a massive ick. Sorry. So then, <laughs> by complimenting me on how tight it was when he finished. Wow. Thoughts on that then, David? How drunk was this guy? I'm just trying to, like, put my finger between my... So if you, if you bend your knee... I mean, that is tight. It depends how far in she can go, to be honest. Like, I don't think mine... Maybe I'm not flexible enough. Mine isn't particularly tight there. Oh. Is yours? Well, it depends on how bent your leg is, surely. But I think your knee has to be able to bend quite intensely for it to be regardless just use your hand you know if i was chloe though as someone started doing that i would just like straighten my leg (laughs) 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 that's very very weird what you're doing there and also he gave me the massive ick afterwards by complimenting me you're not getting the ick when he was using your knee yeah she was just quite i mean they were very very drunk or she's got some very strange anatomy or maybe she's into it i don't know i mean what's your i mean maybe not to this level but what are your icks do you have any icks Oh, I was reading a list of icks recently and somebody's ick. They were saying when a man goes into a swimming pool and his swimming trunks inflate, that gives them the ick. <laughs> that is quite icky, actually. 
<laughs> or my friend Jack was doing like a list of X fairly recently and someone sent in when someone's wearing their Christmas cracker party hat but with the seam <laughs> facing the front. Yes. <laughs> Have you got any others? I can't think. I think for the next podcast, we should create a list of our own icks. Oh, I've got a really big one at the moment. It's when someone stamps near a pigeon and the pigeon doesn't move. <laughs> That's not an ick, though. That's just really funny. <laughs> I think that is mortifying. And I simply cannot be anywhere near that man ever again. I think it's absolutely awful. Right. I am definitely going to come with my top... We both have to come up with our top five icks for the next podcast. David, I've got far too many icks. I know, you, but you always describe things of giving you the ick. Yeah, but it has to be your <laughs> top five, that's the thing. Do you remember that, that time I was kind of almost dating a... Um... Oh, the poetry guy. No, the poetry gave me the ick, but it wasn't the poetry guy. It was the the trapeze, the trapeze man that gave me the ick too. Anyway. Oh, but why did that give you the ick? I can't remember that one now. Just because, like, you had to practice. <laughs> that's just a... But what... <laughs> That's really, really weird. But that could have just been his job. Like, oh, it's not his job, but... I was just a bit embarrassed by thinking about him practising. <laughs> oh, what was his name? Let's name and shame him. No, I will not do that. Do you not think it's a bit embarrassing? No, no, I don't think that's embarrassing. Well, it turns out I'm a monster. Uh, next question came from Jared. Jared says, greetings from the Boston area. Um, I don't know where Boston is, but I think that might be where Grey's Anatomy is set. No, that's in Seattle. Aren't you where? Um, <laughs> Boston's where Obama's from, isn't it? Chicago's oh, in Boston, fun. is it? No, I've just made this. I'm I think Chicago's so in Chicago. Probably, yeah. <laughs> is, is Boston? Is Boston where there's snow? I think there's snow in Boston. Isn't it near the hills? Yeah, we're really good with that. We should do a test on, <laughs> on US geography. I actually don't. It's often I get confused with the states and the cities. Don't even know the difference. It's all quite overwhelming. But anyway, wherever he is, Jared says, <laughs> thanks for these recaps of earlier seasons. They were on YouTube at one point, but we don't have access to all seasons here in the US. Yes, you do. Because of Roku. I was watching Junior Bake Off on Netflix recently and saw the kids referencing their recipes. It made me realise that when watching regular Bake Off, I would see bakers referencing task lists and schedules, but they never mention a recipe. Do you all memorise recipes or did you have your recipes with you as well? Yeah, we've got our recipes. You definitely don't have to do it memorised. It'd be quite strange if they let you bring in a task list, and but you weren't allowed to bring in your recipe because you would just try and sneak the recipe in there. But yeah, they don't show it very often, do they? I wonder whether there's maybe, maybe we talk about it in a different way, because I don't know whether it's the same rules for Junior Bake Off. Like, do they have to create their own recipes? Or maybe it's they're wanting to not look like total monsters making kids panic and cry. So they make it look like they've made it easier for them with the recipes, whereas they just try and not show ours. I think they want it to make it, I mean, I mean, it kind of makes it look a bit more like you have a personal connection to the recipe if you aren't talking about a recipe all the time. And it makes it I, feel a bit more like it's your own. Yeah, I only had recipes. I didn't have any of these schedules and task lists. Did you? For some of them did. Some of, some of them I did. So for the Biscuit Week one, I had like, I had written down like 15 minute segments and what was being done and what was setting at which point because there were so many things to keep track of. Uh, but my recipes were written, the way I write my recipe is kind of in time. So if the cake is then in the oven, I'll then write what I was doing while the cake was in the oven. And then when the cake came out of the oven, I would say what to do with the cake, if that makes sense. So it kind of be in time order, whereas some people do like all the cake in one bit or like the macarons in one bit, all of the icings in another bit. Oh, yes. That's what I did, because I just had these random recipes and you're just like flicking them around the, the bench. But I've never been very good with or I think I'm just quite a simple person i don't do well with lots of i like to, i don't like putting timers on very often and things but i remember when you know when i didn't practice my bake that time and henry got scared so practiced it for me yes i should have adopted that technique all the way through uh, but there's what yeah there's one thing where i just refused to practice it so henry did it and he sent me this list like he sent me a full thing of like oh change this this and this and then here is that your full schedule this is what i did and at first I was excited and then I just couldn't use it. I just had to use the recipe. His recipes are always very intense, though. If you wrote a recipe book, it would be a nightmare. They're, all, they're like really like scientific. Anyway, it's not the end. Uh, the letter continues. It's not a letter. I'm going to pretend it's a letter. I'm going to imagine people write to us in cursive. Also, I am a cisgender male who is the father of a transgender teen. We are from a conservative religious background. Although my wife and I are progressive and accepting, my son thought we would kick him out when he came out to us, but nothing was further from the truth. I have learned a lot in the past three years. Oh, wow. 
I very much appreciated your conversations around religion and coming out. And also, thank you for discussing different types of relationships and various LGBTQ subjects. They do help me to understand my child a bit more and think of how I can better support him in his journey. He has top surgery this week. Regards, Jared. And I don't know when Jared sent this, so his son might have had top surgery now? I love Jared. That's amazing. That's really incredible. And it is interesting though, isn't it? I think we all think we're progressive and we're open-minded and things, but that's not always the perception that other people have of us. And that's quite an interesting difference. Yeah. I'm also just really surprised that heterosexuals listen to our podcast. (laughs) Thank you very much. Thanks, Jared and your wife. Welcome, Jared. And congratulations to your son. Top surgery is huge. That'll be a really amazing thing. I mean, it's quite hard, I think, for the first while because you can't like move your upper body. You can't stretch your arms at all in case the scars get worse. But it'll be like amazing. And when when your son gets to see his 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 new chest, I think that'll be an amazing moment. So congratulations to him and to you, I suppose. Yeah. And just thank you for being such awesome parents. I said awesome because they're American. <laughs> That's your lot for this week. Thank you so much for listening. If you've got a spare minute this week, please do remember to leave a review on your podcast app. It really helps other people find us and they all want to find us. Of course they do. Why wouldn't they? And remember, you can also get in touch with us on socials at Sticky Bun Boys or drop us an email at stickybunboys at gmail.com with anything you could possibly want to say. We'll speak to you next week. And until then, keep them sticky. Ready for the boring bit? Let's go. The Sticky Bun Boys are not endorsed by or affiliated with Love Productions, The Great British Bake Off, or any of its subsidiaries. All views and opinions are our own. The Great British Bake Off and all related content are registered trademarks and copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Very professional, David. In one breath. (laughs) We're all just having a bit of fun, aren't we? (laughs) Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.